astral projection, how we get it through I feel like they ain't put the chain on me, yeah, it's overdue And I can feel it coming, it's been on my mind Cause she driving me crazy, I'm on the grind They been sleeping on the kid, a lullaby Gemini, love you both sides, never say goodbye I said we'll start off this way brother i genuinely appreciate you doing this um like i told you before i i became a fan of yours a few years back when i started obviously noticing your your relationship with dame and a lot of the things that you guys were putting together and trying to do and um obviously i started investing and spending a lot of time in, in your music myself personally um i think for me I, I respect your music i fuck with your music i think for me the thing that i connect with the most is like I told you, your bravery, your honesty. Um, you have very unique points of views on things, <laughs> which is uh, which is I think important in today's society. Um, everybody is very similar, right? And um, you probably see a lot of that in LA. Like people are very similar, very gimmicky, very um, again, yeah, they're very similar, like the same. So um, again, I appreciate you doing this. I'm, I'm a fan. I respect what you're doing. I respect what you're attempting to do. And um, I guess let's hop in, right? Man, thank you for that, brother. Thank you. Likewise, man. I, 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 um, I respect the ground, man. Perfect. Uh, well, let's do this. I think, you know, I pride myself on doing different types of interviews, different types of conversations. So let's get, I guess, some of the most obvious questions out the way so we can really focus on directly you. As I told you before, that's always my goal. Um, at some point, I promise you, I'm going to fly to LA. We're going to do this live. Cause I definitely want to like chop shit up with you and, and, and kind of get to know you in your own element. But, um, first things first, you made a statement to me that I thought was interesting. You said that you had met or interacted with Kanye prior to Dane. What, how did that happen? Um, just, um, like my first, um, 
kind of, I guess you would say mentor, just like big homie kind of um, that introduced me to sort of like the music industry is a guy named Malik Youssef. Um, and yeah, he, he, uh, he introduced me to Kanye um, initially. And, 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 and when that, and when that interaction happened, like what was, what was the basis of the, of the situation from, from your point of view? Like, was it like, number one, were you starstruck? Were you, were you excited to like pick his brain? Um, how, how did that interaction come about? Like, what was, what was the context of, of that first meeting? Um, Yeah, I didn't really like talk to him. I just, um, you know, I kind of just, uh, I had produced something on um, Malik's album. Uh, it was called, the album was called Kanye West and Malik Youssef present Good Morning, Good Night. And it was one mm. of the first like good music projects. And um, I produced a song on there. Um, and it was featuring GLC and Really Though who, uh, um, you know, they were like long time friends of Ye's and like on, you know, college dropout and their registration or whatever. So them being featured on the song, um, it happened to be like one of Kanye's favorite songs off that project. So he just always would be like playing it when they were in Hawaii and stuff. And um, so Malik was like, yo, I want to bring you to the studio. and. Malik was just like, yo, this is who produced it. That song you be playing all the time. And so I thought that was cool, especially at the time. Cause I was like, I had just, like, I had just come out to LA and I was like, you know, I was young. So I just, it was a cool like first moment. And so let me get this straight. So you, you produce and rap or do you mainly rap now? Like, like at the time was producing something that you really were trying to like hone in as a craft or you mainly focus on rapping and producing on the side? Like how did, how did that come about? Well, at that time, yeah, it was mainly producing only because I knew that that was going to be a way to, um, to do things. Cause you know, when you, when you say you're just a rapper or you're an artist, you're kind of like a liability in a lot of senses. Um, you know, but when you can, produce or you can help someone else you become like an asset in that way because artists are needy artists need a lot of things you know and um so a producer is someone like comes to your door and is like yo i heard you had a party last night well i got a broom i'm willing to clean up you know no one's gonna like turn down the humble servant so i always knew that producing was the way to come inside how do you how do you describe pause? pause. pause, pause. <laughs> now, did you did you learn that pause for first of all? Did you learn that pause from Dame, or was that pause something that's always been like in the DNA of your homies growing up? Well, I learned no, I learned pause from Dame, but not not knowing him just as a fan. Like we all learned it from Dame. Facts. Just not you know. Like, well, 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 you know what's funny, Dame. I used to watch interviews where Dane would say that uh, Paul's, I guess he created, but he was in New York. I remember watching that interview and this is, I grew up in Baltimore. So 
don't know if you've ever been there, but we have a lot of people that say no homo. Right. So, and I heard that Cameron used to do the same thing. Right, but uh, Cameron got it from Dane. Facts, facts. <laughs> but I think we need to be politically correct these days. There's nothing wrong with anyone being gay. Well. Because that's not what that means, what really. Mean, but what do you mean there's nothing wrong with people being gay? I guess my perception of someone being like, I, because I think when some people hear pause or some people hear no homo, I think some people have a bad connotation to it. You know what I mean? And well, I don't think that being gay, being gay is not, it's not, it's not right. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk, hey bro. Hey, you, hey, you found the right one, bro. I'll talk about anything you want to talk about. Walk walk down this path from me. What do you mean? It's not right. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, as a Christian, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, and here's the thing, right? It's not to judge anybody because we're not, of course. We can't, we're not allowed to judge. Of course. We can discern. We can of have course. discernment on um, things that are right and wrong and things that are good and evil. Of course. And, um, and we can't, the reason why we can't judge is because we're all born into sin um, because we're born of the woman. So we're all born into sin and born into screwed up family. So none of us are better than the next. Um, so it's not to pass judgment, but, you know, as a Christian and, you know, in scripture, it specifically says that there are specific things about homosexuality, but um, even, you know, even if you take God out of the conversation, you know, it's just not natural. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing that it benefits, um, you know, if you can't, the only, the only reason why men and women should even have sex is only to procreate. Um, you shouldn't just be having sex for, you know, pleasure and enjoyment, you know, you should only be having sex to have children. So um, if same sexes are having sex and they can't procreate, then they're only doing it out of, um, yeah, they're only doing it out of pleasure and lust and, you know, and that's wrong. It, it would be wrong even if a man and a woman were only having sex outside of marriage or even, even uh, this is a strong stance, but even inside of the marriage, if it's not to procreate is what I believe. But, but I understand that that's a very, very, you know, especially at this point in time, it's become so that, that's almost a radical statement, which is, you know, to me silly, but I understand because we are of the world and we're not in the world and Jesus let us know that we were going to become subjected to the world's ways and the world's ways are not um, the father's ways. So. Those are very strong statements, but I respect them because I think number one, everyone has a point of view that, um, that needs to be respected, you know, and, and kind of looping it, connecting it to the title of this podcast, like project legacy lifestyle and values. You just outlined some of your values, right? So I guess let me ask you this. Where did you, where, I was going to ask, how did you come up with or where did you learn that? I don't want to ask that. I want to ask, where, where did you land on that perspective? And, and how does, why does that perspective ring true for you? I think, and, and let me ask you this, because I think every time you come up with something that you believe in and that you stand by, I believe there always needs to be a, a benefit or an outcome that you respect and that you 
are tied to. So what is that? So what is only having sex to procreate? What does that do for you? Well, I mean, again, and even to go back to the homosexuality thing, you know, it's yeah. not that it's not that they can't overcome that. It's something to overcome. But the minute that we name and claim something, that's what the devil wants us to do is name it and claim it because then we become it and we identify with it. The worst thing to do is identify with things. So, you know, the whole concept of even like gay pride is wrong because you shouldn't be proud about nothing. Pride is one of the seven deadly sins. Pride is not, pride is too much ownership. Um, you know, they should, you should just say pride love or whatever, but anytime you put, I mean, gay love, but um, which is also, I mean, an oxymoron and silly, but I'm just saying if I hear the, you. I the, hear pride, you. the pride word in any instance is um, it's a sin. So, you know, and, and it's a sin because it's pretending to play God, which is the mm. only true sin. The only true sin is pretending to play God and, um, and, um, and your heart, your heart being stoned. Um, and, what, what, and, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm probably. I apologize. wanted to answer. I wanted to answer your question because um, it's a good question, and the 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 reason why we even have um, sex in the first place is because um, we've identified with our emotions, and we've identified with anger specifically. If if you didn't have anger, you wouldn't even have sex. The anger is what awakens the other emotions. And then once you identify and believe in those other emotions, it's why you even, it's why we even have sex. It's why we get emotional about anything. Because all emotions and all feelings are a lie. They're your ego. And you only identified with that because you were traumatized at a young age, mostly by your mother. Um, most people, specifically like young boys, traumatized by our mother, and we were turned away from our we were turned away from our father. Um, and we had the resentment towards our father the same as our mothers did. And they turned us away from our father the same way Eve turned Adam away from his father. Um, and we took on the identity of that resentment because we become what we hate. Um, and uh, when we take on that identity, we think that that's us, but it's not us. Most people don't even know who they are. They have, because they've identified with a false imagination of themselves during the traumatization period when they were young how do you you're saying a lot here how do you a couple questions unless unless try to like lock in on like a singular perspective because i'm very interested how do you how do you number one how do you find who you are and then number two going back to your statement around anger being the original emotion that breeds other emotions as well as ego like like talk to me about that anger and ego and other emotions and then how do you find yourself because i think a lot of people give advice right like you find yourself by going within you find yourself by connecting your emotions to different experiences that you go through you find yourself by interacting with so many other people and gaining context from their perspectives how do you find yourself and then Talk to me about that ego and anger piece and how does that all tie into, yeah, like this is interesting. I'm, I'm fucking fascinated right now. Keep going. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, well, the first thing you do is you go and forgive your parents. Um, it's very important for us to go to the ones who traumatized us and forgive them. 
um, scripture says, go to the person who hurt you um, and forgive them, not to a therapist, not to a best friend, not to their sister's friend, go directly to the person who hurt you and forgive them. And the minute that you forgive the person who traumatized you, God will forgive you because what happens is you take on the spirit of whoever traumatized you because they took away your courage and they took away your identity. So when you, when you began to hate them or resent them, you took on their identity. That's why it's so wicked to hate anyone because the hate actually controls you. You actually are destroyed by the hate. It has nothing to do with the person anymore. You've now become that person because of the hatred. So um, going directly to your parents is the number one place because that's where all the trauma starts. Um, so I recommend going to your mother's first and saying, um, hey, I'm sorry for resenting you and I'm sorry for, you know, you know, it's not your fault, you know, you did the best that you could. The same way Jesus, when he was on the cross, he said, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Um, he showed us what it is to suffer at the highest point. And he did nothing. He was perfect. And he still went through all that suffering. And even though he went through all that suffering, he still, he cried out to his father and said, father, why have you forsaken me? Because he did everything that his father asked him to do. And he still was being crucified. And then he said, forgive them for they don't know what they do. And that, that level of um, forgiveness is what we have to have um, with, with people. Because if Jesus can go through and he was perfect, we definitely can go through suffering because, you know, we've all sinned. There's no one who hasn't sinned. So we, we, um, we have to, we have to go to that person and say, Hey, you know, same thing, forgive them for they don't know what they do. It's not our mother's fault. You know, her mother did it to her and her mother, so on and so forth. So it's a generational thing that's gone on since Adam and Eve. So it's not, you know, you can't, you can't hold that against nobody. So I, I recommend doing that first. Um, and then, you know, if you can go to your father and say, hey, why didn't you protect me from her? Um, that's powerful because then you start to realize that your father most times ended up marrying his mother because he never forgave his mother. So he ended up marrying his mother. And most men end up marrying their mother because they never stood up to their mother. So they're attracted to that spirit. And even if you are black and, or you're white and you try to marry outside of it, it's not about a race thing, it's a spirit. So the spirit is, you're still gonna be attracted to that spirit. Because again, we were, you know, we kind of become what we hate kind of concept. So- what if yeah. No, no, this is good. You, and, and, and let me just say something here to try to make this even, an even more safe place. Um, you, you do something that I do a lot where you, you go on these long-winded, some people will call them rants, and you go into different pockets of different categories of what you're saying, and, I, and I'm getting it all. So I don't know if there's ever been a moment where someone's like commented that you're going in different directions. I'm following everything. I just want to be honest with you about that. Um, cause I think 
and I don't know if Dame has told you this before because he knows you better than I do personally, probably, right? But I, I notice a lot of Kanye in you with with your with the way that you storytell um and explain things. So I'm following. Here's my question to you. And this is there's two questions here. I want to see what you say about these things. Number one, what do you how does a parent know how to respond? So if I were to go to my mom today and say, I forgive you for X, Y, and Z, it was not your fault. Da, da, da. What if she doesn't know? And, and, and I can, you know, I think playing devil's advocate, I think I can make an argument that she may not know how to respond to that. Absolutely. And most mothers um, will get emotional and start screaming and yelling and crying. Um, and that's because that's their ego. Um, and women will never admit that they're wrong. They rather get their teeth yanked out with pliers than admit that they were wrong. Um, well, man, hold on. Why do you think that is? Because I really agree with that statement, actually. Why do you think that is? You don't you don't agree? I do agree. Why do you think oh, that you is? I do. I rest yeah. my case. <laughs> no, you rest your case. But why do you think that is? Or why do you think women have a very tough time um a very very difficult time admitting they're wrong about something well because um they they again because of the adam and eve story um they they have a real bad because a they were the weaker vessel and they were they were um they did not come from god they came from man so they they are subject to the serpent because of what Eve did. Um, and we are subject to the woman because of what Adam did. So once men can overcome the woman, our only job is to help the woman overcome the serpent. But they have it real bad because they are bound directly to the serpent. And because they're the weaker vessel, um, that's why the serpent knew to, to get into her head. Because the devil got into her thoughts and Adam couldn't protect her against her own mind. And this is why we have to realize that all thoughts are lies all the time about everything. You've never had a true thought. All thoughts are lies about everything. Every single one of them is wicked. And Jesus even said, the minute you believe the thought, you've already committed the sin. Yeah. The thought itself is the sin. So if you believe the thought, and um, the minute that Eve believed the serpent, that became her God. The same way the minute Adam believed Eve and disobeyed his father, Eve became his God. So that's why we're all born from the woman and we make women our God because we make our mothers our God. And if we make our mother our God, we make all women our God. And we will suffer for that. God said, Adam, because you listen to the woman, you shall suffer. Right in Genesis, the first paragraph. Um, so... You know, and I understand, you know, a lot of these things, um, people can feel however they want about it, but it ain't my point of view. It's God's. So, you know, even people got to stop saying, well, this is my truth. This is my truth. You know, like, nah, this ain't my truth. This is God's truth. So you can have your truth, but you need to understand that it's Satan's truth. You know, it's not, this ain't Hassan's ideology. This is what God said. So, you know, it's not my truth. It's God. Let me let's switch let's switch gears for a second. Let me ask you this, and this is something 
because I feel like you're someone that probably can give good advice or good perspective about things. Is that accurate? I'm sorry, say that. My bad. I, I said, I said, you're probably. Let me, let me, see, let me switch gears for a second. I'm, I'm assuming that you're someone that can give pretty decent advice and perspectives about things. Is that accurate? Yeah, but I also think that um, no man should teach you. So I encourage everyone to get to know themselves. Um, oh, I didn't really answer when you asked that. Um, I, encourage <laughs> everyone, I, I encourage everyone to get to know themselves um, and don't ever put no man over you because, uh, you know, scripture says no man should teach you. Um, and all the answers are right there within you. If you be still and sit with yourself and get to know yourself, and if you go and forgive your parents and get to know your earthly father, um, if you have that, you know, if if he's if if everyone's earthly father's alive, and no matter what has happened, I encourage people to go and and forgive and get to know their earthly father because it will really help them um, get to know themselves. But outside of that, when you sit with yourself and be still and let the ego die because sitting still is the hardest thing for everybody. It's still hard for me. Um, you know, after 10, 15 minutes, you wanna reach for something. You wanna reach for your phone or you wanna reach for something to make you feel good. And I understand it. And it's, it's hard to, to overcome that ego because it's literally dying. It's screaming out for it to stay alive. But you have to, you have to, wait, you have to wait it out so it can, suff so it can suffocate. And then you get to see the true you, the real you. Um, but the, the minute that you go reach for alcohol or go reach for pot or go have sex or reach outside of yourself, you'll never be able to, you'll never be able to know what's within. So we have to stop going without and go within. But the minute we go without and, and reach for something, we, we feed the ego again and, and, it, and, it's, and it's wicked because it's not you. It's not who you are. Even people who drink and, and, you know, like I hear people say, well, my mama used to say that my dad was an alcoholic. You know, there's no such thing. That's not, that is, that's not a real thing. Um, we are not what we do. Um, you know, and people aren't drinking because they're alcoholics. They're drinking because their heart is wicked and their, their heart is stone. Um, and they have hatred in their heart and they have resentment and anger. And any man who has anger is a woman. That's a big statement. Hold on, we ain't gonna go down, hold on. Uh, let, me, let me switch gears for one second because that last statement you just made was a very large statement. I wanna get back to that, but hold on. Let me, let me switch for a second here. Let me ask you this question. Um, I'm gonna ask you one more question and then we're gonna hop into the album and then we'll jump back to this in a second. Um, and just like how you came about rapping and all those good things. Cause I think you're more of an artist. I don't think you just rap, right? I think you just, you make re you, you make music, you make, you make, um, you, 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 you inspire emotion. Right. So let me ask you this. This is the last question more on like the deep type shit for a minute. Um, my, my fiance we're starting to talk about kids from a level of what should we teach them? How should we support them? How do we want to foster that? The number one thing for me that I just cannot stop thinking about is accountability. Um, I spent 18 months behind a 
behind a wall in jail. And a lot of that was due to a lack of accountability. Um, and I can get into that if you want me to, if you want to ask any questions about that. Cause I don't know if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever been behind a wall in jail. I don't know if you've ever made a mistake legally, but, um, so accountability, I started to understand that during those 18 months, almost two years. And for me, anytime that I'm upset with a human being that I feel did something wrong to me or others, the second they show accountability, I literally feel it in my body, any anger, any ego, any resentment, any any whatever you want to think that is negative leaves my body and I immediately tap into a place of empathy. How, how does that sit with you? How do you think about accountability and how do you think about how I, how I look at accountability and how I want to teach my kid to, to have accountability and how to, and how to understand accountability? What are your thoughts on all that? Um, man, well, that's, um, that's awesome that you persevered through all that. And that's, that's, um, that's powerful. No, I, I haven't, um, experienced any, anything, um, thank God of, uh, anything like that, but yeah, I mean, accountability is very important. I mean, I, I consider myself a conservative, so I think that I have very conservative values and I think I have very conservative, like, even when you think about like politically, I think that, yeah, I think people need to take accountability for, um, uh, yeah, I'm definitely on the on board of accountability. Um, I think things are a mess because we don't take accountability, and I think you know Democrats and everything, you know. But that's a whole other story. But yeah, that's yes, a whole that's I, a whole another thing. Right? But but yes, I I think it's very important to to obviously teach accountability. But I think the best way to teach accountability, especially to your kids, um, would be to just be an example. Um, you know, the kids, you know it's almost like what do they say um geniuses are kids with good parents mm. um and you know when you think about it in that stance it's like you know parents shouldn't be nice they should be right and if you think about it all human beings should be shouldn't be nice they should be right the problem is we live in this world of like wanting to be nice and most of the times when you're nice, you're not able to be right. And it's more important to be right to someone than to be nice. What is it? Isn't right? Isn't right subjective? Like is right? Like can you objectively be right? Isn't right? Yeah, just because a- right. No, right. Right is righteous. So like, um, you know, if if my friend is fat, I guess the nice thing would be just never say that to him or never mention it. I guess that's what people would say, but no, that's right actually, thing, that's the wrong thing. Right. Yeah. I, well, yeah. The right thing is to be like, yo bro, you're unhealthy. Like, you know, like you're fat. And you're I, also fat think, as shit. I, I also think it's important for us to bring shame back. We need to bring shame back and we need to shame people for, you know, like women shouldn't think it's cool to be killing babies in the womb. And, you know, um, women shouldn't be using abortion as a, you know, as a uh, contraceptive or whatever, like, that's not what it is, you know, and, you know, I love what they did in Texas passing that law. And I, you know, I understand that people didn't like that or whatever. But, 
you know, we again, accountability and shaming people when they don't have accountability. Like, because the thing is, you think that, oh, well, it's my body, my choice. First of all, it's not your body. You didn't make your body. You know what I mean? God created, you know, God created your body. So it's not your body, your choice. And number two, um, go go back for a second, because that's an important statement. And 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 I'm not gonna ask you to take God out of it, but I'm gonna ask you for a second just to talk about that ownership piece. So I'm not gonna ask you to remove God out of it because I know that that's very important to you. I'm I'm noticing that in this conversation. But make a statement again, because I've said that minus the religious part. You actually don't own your body. This is not yours, like because me and my me and my fiance, we have a somewhat of an open relationship in, in different dynamics. We don't have to get all into it right now. But I don't own her. She doesn't own me. I don't even own my this is not my body. This is a body that was given to me that I'm a I'm a I'm an emotional and scientific vessel through something higher and greater than myself that I also agree with you is it's called God. Other people call it whatever, but what do you, so break down what you mean you don't own your body. Like this is not yours to make those decisions. Like, what do you mean by that? Cause that is yeah, true. Well, well, it's thou shalt not kill. You know, we can't, we don't have the right to kill a baby in a womb, you know? And, and um, when a woman, when they say your body, your choice, you know, she didn't create her body. You know what I mean, it came from somewhere. So even if you're an atheist, I guess, and you don't believe in God, I mean, you still didn't create your body. So, you know, and I also think it's funny that liberals love to do your body, your choice when it comes to women killing babies in the womb. But if someone doesn't want to get the vaccine, why is it not your body, your choice with the vaccine? <laughs> like, I'd be telling people like, yo, I don't want to get the vaccine. Oh, you, you don't care about people. What happened to your body, your choice? It's my body. I don't want to get it. Y'all, y'all killing uh, babies in the womb like, like, like it's going out of style. So you know, what, what, what's the problem with me not getting a vaccine or whatever? But what I'm saying is, um, yeah, like this is, you know, even when we when we do things like, yeah, we have to be accountable for, it, but um, we don't even have free will. You know, scripture says of ourselves, we know nothing and of ourselves, we can do nothing. Um, we don't have free will. And I don't know why people think we do, because if you did, you would just will everything great into your life. You'd never have a problem in your life. So obviously you don't. Um, and we're influenced. Every decision we make and every choice we make, we are influenced either by the spirit of God or good. If you don't want to believe in God, it's, it's the spirit of good or the spirit of Satan. And if you don't believe in that, it's the spirit of evil. But we're influenced by good and evil on everything. And depending on where your heart is, that's what's gonna influence your, your decision-making. So you really aren't ever doing anything and you really are nothing. And when you get to know yourself, you really start to understand that you can't do anything. You really can't. If you've ever been really sick, if you've ever had like pneumonia and you're just laying in the bed, you realize, wow, I can't do anything about this. I am powerless. I have, I have, I, I, I literally can't make it go away faster. I have to just sit through it, sit through it and suffer. And we need to understand that that's really what we're doing all the time. We are just the observer. We're just the passenger in this in this uh, journey of life.
we never really have what? control. Let's let's shift let's shift to some music shit and some business shit for a second because I know that's important. No, no, no. Hey, brother, listen. You are um. You are you are dropping some very interesting truth bombs that I, I respect. I didn't even think that we would even take it in this direction, but I respect it. So let me let me do this. Let me let me get a few of these questions out the way because I do, I do have some thoughts on just what you're doing creatively, what you're doing musically, what you're doing professionally. Um, what is the actual legitimate, if you can talk about it, what is the relationship that you and Dame have from a musical professional business perspective? What, what does that mean? And what is that for you as much as you can talk about it? Oh uh, yeah. We're just, um, just business partners. Um, you know, um, he, um, is it, is it, is it, is blue rock, and Dame Dash Studios, is he kind of like in a in is he kind of like in a situation where he is signing you, or is it is it more of a like he always talks about a mutual partnership where um Yeah, I mean he's not he's not big together. into signing, yeah, he's not big into that concept, but yeah, he did. So basically what happened was I was out in Wyoming um working on uh Kid Sea Ghost and Yay. Um and uh, Dame what, what did you do there. on that project? What did you What did you do I on that? I just was there. I just was there. I'd helped with you know just I worked on a couple of versions. That, I mean you know there, he yeah he got a lot of people working on stuff and some stuff stays, some stuff doesn't, and some yeah sometimes you just there to vibe. But I was happy to just be in Wyoming. I was like this is cool, you know whatever. Yeah. So just you know just was hanging out there, you know, um, doing some drums and trying to add stuff to every song, you know during that five album release. But anyway, Dane yeah. came out there and was like, oh shit, you really out here working? And I was like, uh, yeah. And he's like, yo, when you get back to LA, come through, you know, I got a gallery and everything. And, you know, so I went over there when we, when we got back from Wyoming and he was like, yo, like, you know, um, you can use the studio, make beats or whatever. And then um, basically long story short, I did an event there where, um, where I basically, um, I sold beats as like a live beat auction. And, uh, cause I was tired of emailing beats to people. So I was like, yo, I'm going to put on this like art installation where I'm going to play visuals, play beats. And then as the beats playing, there was QR codes on the wall and you could scan your phone on the QR code and place a bid on the beat in real time. That's whoever, dope. That's dope as shit. That's dope as th shit. Thank you, man. Whoever places the highest bid, I sent the beat, uh, the beast directly to their phone, no email. Um, so I did that and it was like super go? successful. Oh, it was really good. It was really, um, a lot of people came and a lot of people he knew that he ain't seen in like 20 years came. And he was like, yo, how the fuck you know all these people? And I was like, I mean, I don't know that, you know, just, just, you know, over the years of like going up to labels and like pitching how, beats and everything. How old are you? I just turned 30. Okay, so yeah, I'm so we're in the same age. I'm I'm about to be 31. Okay, keep going. Yeah. So, you know, just over the years, just like, you know, different people, John Monopoly and you know, Chet, you know, all these people that was around, yay, and the good music thing or whatever. So anyway, point was that was really uh, you know, interesting event. And um, and then I remember like the next day he was like, yo, like you should do that again, bro. That was like super like 
that was, you know, and, and you know, for Dame to compliment you, it takes a lot because he don't like complimenting people like that. So he's like, he was like, yo, it kills me to say this, but bro, that shit was like really dope. And, uh, and uh, he was like, yo, you should do it again. I was like, nah, I don't really want to do it again. And he's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to put out my album. And he was like, you got songs? And I was like, yeah. He was like, wait a minute. I thought you was just a producer. And I was like, nah, I got songs. I got an album. And, uh, and he was like, so play it. So I played him the album. And he was like, yo, has Kanye heard this? And I was like, you know, I'll be playing a little bit here and there. But I don't play too much because that's how you get kicked out. Like, you know, pushing your own agenda. I'm just there. Exactly. When yeah. I'm around, any time I've ever been around, dude, I'm trying to just like, you know, just observe, right? Um, so anyway, Dame was like, yo, this shit is like, yo, this, this is actually like, this is dope. And he was like, yo, I'm gonna call Kanye right now. And, um, and he called Kanye and was like, yo, you need to come over here and listen to Hassan's album. And, um, and he came over and we filmed the whole thing of like <laughs> me playing the album for him. And I was just like, yo, this is like, this is like some real Twilight Zone shit. Cause I'm like, I'm like, it's crazy that Dame is like telling Kanye to listen to my album yep. almost almost the same way he might have told Jay back in the day to listen to Kanye's album. Like, yo, you need to sit down and listen to this. Like, and um, and I don't know how many people on this earth can actually film Kanye with Kanye's permission, you know, probably, you know, other than Dame, I, I don't even know another person that can that can really probably do that. You know, probably less than 10 humans that have ever walked the earth. Yeah. That like, he's not going to be like, nah, like, you know, like, cut, you know, cut the cameras. Like, but you know, so after that, he just was like, yo, you want to put it out through good music? You want to put the album out through good music? And I was like, I mean, I guess. Yeah. If like, if, if he was like, yeah, I'll just tell Kanye that it's what we're going to do, <laughs> you know, Dave. And I'm like, I'm like gassed up. Like, all right. But you know, at the same time, <laughs> I also knew kind of the dysfunction of the music, you know, like now things are coming out like with Big Sean and all these people like, but I had known about that kind of stuff for years, just being around um, uh, for so many years with Malik and different people. I knew the dysfunction. So I was excited. They had a strong run though. Good good music had a really strong run of, of not only putting out great projects, but, but, I mean, people don't even know. Like, do you remember like how Two Chains was kind of affiliated with Good Music for a second? Yeah, but all that was fake, though. That I mean, he never actually was signed to Good Music. No, was, he was. You know, a lot of it was really like. I mean, Smoke and mirrors. Yeah, because he signed to Def Jam, and Def Jam um, owns Good Music, so Def Jam was like, "Well, this is just a small way for us to roll out our new artist who signed to Def Jam," and and Yay was rocking with him so it just it just was a good idea but it wasn't actually yeah. on just like travis travis never was signed to good music um you know but anyway the point is the the but it's you know that's not even important i'm just saying that you know like because it doesn't yeah. matter but i'm just saying that i knew the dysfunction of what good music was but i didn't know that at that time when dame was saying it that it was basically like um folding like the 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 actual kind of the whole thing was kind of folding so um for whatever reason uh dane was like yo i'm tired of waiting on that 
um, let's just put it out directly through Def Jam. So we went and had a meeting with 2-0 from the interns who, um, I don't know what, what his position is at, at Def Jam, but he's something. And um, and I, I don't want that to seem like disrespect because that's my guy, but uh, I literally just don't know what the, what the title no, is. No, you're but, good. But yeah, but I'm just saying if he hears it, but... Um, but uh, and he was like, "Yo, whatever you want to do, Dame. Like, if you want to do a label deal, we'll put it out. We'll put out the album." And then there was like a couple, of, you know. So like everybody was like, "Yeah, let's do it." And you know, for whatever reason, you know, also Dame's not someone that's gonna be like, like waiting for somebody or like if he feels that someone's like dropping the ball or even like a little bit disrespecting or or taking too long, he's just gonna be like yo, fuck it, let's just do this or whatever. So I think that's kind of what happened uh, with those situations. And then it was just like, yo, let's just, like, I'll just put it out, bro. I'm fucking Dame Dash. We'll go do interviews. We'll like, you know what I mean? We'll just do it. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm, I'm, fucking, I'm fucking Dame Dash. I'll do it. I think that was an exact quote, actually. And uh, and yeah, and, and I'm like, yo, shit, we got this Kanye footage. We got, you know, um, I, I had reached out um, you know, through a publicist, a uh, friend of mine, um, uh, her name is Destiny. And she was like, yo, I can get you big boy if Dame's willing to go with you. So that's kind of how the big boy interview happened. Um, I asked Dame obviously to come with me because I wouldn't have been able to, you know. So, you know, so there was a lot of cool moments that we just tried to put together and was like, you know what, like, let's just go ahead. So he was super supportive and everything. And, you know, I, and still, and still is, you know, like, Obviously, we put out that first project, which is called Mesopotamia, which the first song was Sand Nigga, which was pretty controversial and kind of uh, caused a little bit of uh, disruption and waves amongst even people who were close to me. But um, but that was actually the record Kanye said he wanted to get on. And and that's on footage. I have footage of that of him saying he wanted to be on it when I was playing it for him. But yeah, so that was controversial. And um and yeah, so then after that whole kind of rollout and doing the interviews and stuff, then obviously the, the Chinese virus came and everything. But through through oh, that, shit. through that, um, you know, I started I started working on the second album, which we're about to put out now around that time. And then I also started working on a TV show pilot, um, which is, you know, it's sort of like my version of Entourage and and um, can I play can I play a small character? Of course, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. What can I play? I mean, can I play like can I play like an Ari type role? Well, Dame is supposed to be playing oh, yeah, facts, that kind facts. of character, but um, facts, facts. But the first episode is very like you know it's it's the first episode, so we're supposed to be um, airing it on Fox Soul because um, Dame just did a partnership with them, um, and uh, so we're right out the gates, you know with the Fox Soul thing, which is kind of crazy because I've never shot any sort of TV thing. So for this to be like the first thing and we're going straight to, you know, that kind of distribution, it's like, it's, you know, it's kind of interesting, but. And, and, and oh, let me, let me comment on that real quick. Cause like, as I told you, like in my, in my real life, like, you know, people on this podcast know me as Isaac Jones. It's like my alias, but in my real life, you know, I told you like, I'm a, I'm a businessman. I've, I've run a few brands got a team and do some different things um 
from afar, and you don't have to speak on his business directly, but from afar, I think that I think that Fox Soul deal was a good deal from afar. I don't know the details. I don't know anything, but I think this is what I was noticing. Dame Dash as an influencer and what he's able to do in the world of um in the world of being Dame, right? From a marketing and branding perspective, I think can only get you so far. I think what he was able how, essentially what I'm saying is where he was able to get Dame Dash Studios from a di- distribution and eyes and ears perspective needs to be respected. And then I think again from afar, I don't know the details, it looked as though the Fox Soul deal added another element of distribution and eyes and ears that I think potentially could have been missing. And I don't know if you can give a shit about any of this. I just, I'm, I just love business. So I'm always, I always like looking at deals and how they're structured and who, who will benefit from who. And I just think it was a really smart deal. And let me make another statement just to give Dame a shout out too. And you know, this Dame's been like, like when hip hop goes down in history, he definitely needs to be like a top 10 mogul of all time. Like, like people keep forgetting about the fact that like Rockefeller was doing hundreds of millions of dollars domestically as well as overseas. And like people forget that like Jay-Z and Kanye, like, like people keep forgetting and trying to play that dude. So like, I don't know. I just want a whole rant to say that it was a good deal. That's interesting as fuck that you even were able to connect yourself to Foxhole. Um, I don't know if you have comments on that from like a business perspective, because obviously you're a businessman yourself. So I don't know if you like think about things strategically like that. What are your thoughts on all that? Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I don't, you know, I I think, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, to me, to me, uh, I think it was always his plan and I think it, the plan starting to unfold itself. Um, but I think he'd been working on this plan for 10 plus years. Um, the same way back in 99 or 2000, when he was talking about artists owning their masters and not being signed to corporations, he seemed crazy. And, you know, people wanted to try to ostracize him or blackball him for saying that kind of stuff. And now 20 years later, you know, that's the coolest thing in the world to say that you, you know, that, you know, all those things, you know, back then it seemed crazy. And now it's like a norm or at least the the popular cool thing to say. So I think the same way that he was, you know, kind of seeing the future back then, um, I think 10 years ago, he started this crusade on like the, the content game. And I think he's yep. been collecting content for the past 10 plus years. Well, more, I mean, cause he, you know, he's been filming stuff since the Rockefeller days. He's got, he, you know, so, but I think the past 10 years, he really, you know, with the whole, uh, that whole thing he had with Chike and Cootie, um, creative control, I think, I think it was called, um, yep. you know, that was, yep. that was Dame, Dame and, and Cootie did that. So, um, and if people don't know who Cootie and Chike is, they shot the Through the Wire video and they're putting out a documentary about Kanye on Netflix in a couple months. But and, and let me say this too, because like I, again, I like 
that's why like when i told you like everything that i'm doing right now is completely authentic like i really do fuck with your music i really do fuck with your your authenticity i really am like a really big like business dame fan like because people always get it twisted dame's not like this dame's not a personality and a celebrity like he's not a you know dame is a businessman and so people keep forgetting dame was the linchpin to the way that Wiz Khalifa did his independent run. Like people keep forgetting Wiz Khalifa had an impressive independent run from 2010 to 2013 to signed to Atlantic. Like he did like 10 million, $20 million in independent ticket sales when he dropped, um, when he did the, the, uh, uh, the bar, uh, burn after Run off the road. I don't know. He did a tour, long story short, where he made like 20 million independently and consistently talked about his interactions with Dame spawning that. Currency is another example. Currency has the most sick independent catalog you'll ever fucking see. And again, we all know that currency was around at the time that he had his shit over in Tribeca when he was doing creative control. Big Crit, another example. Smoke Dizza, another example. The list can go on and on from the folks that like were like a lineage of that mindset. Cause and and I'll stop ranting myself because again, like just like you care about like a lot of the religious things and how you feel, like I go on these long-winded rants about business because like it's such an important for me, like independence and understanding how to have the bravery around that, but also how to structure and architect the deals is is something that needs to be respected. And you can, I mean, let's not and let's also not get this twisted. Let's not pretend that Jay-Z, the most independent motherfucker that we all know, let's not act like behind the scenes, Jay-Z was just a rapper that I'm pretty sure understood business from the original Dame Dash mental model of his how of how he looked at the world of business. So um stop playing with my boy, is what I'm saying. hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And I and you know, I think that, you know. The, the people that play with him are the people that are, you know, at jeopardy of being exposed by the stuff that he's saying. I don't mm-hmm. think anyone who, you know, like, I even think that narrative, which I know you're saying it from like a positive way that we don't need to, but I even think the narrative of us saying that people need to stop needs to stop because- Yeah, that's true. At the end of the day, like, yo, Jay-Z just got inducted in the Hall of Fame and he, she had to shout out Dame Dash. He had and, to. There was and, no other choice. And and you know, Kanye just did that Dream Champs interview and the probably the biggest interview of the year. And you know, shout out Dame Dash. So it's like the people who matter and the especially matter to you know the culture and to us. You know, like I think he do get his. I think he do get his uh, his his you know his props and his his. But I get what you're saying. I mean, I know it's from a positive standpoint. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, I think that, you know, and whatever. And even the people who 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 hate, honestly, I, you know, to keep it 100, you know, in life, not just for Dame, but for anyone, for me, for you, for anyone, you know, people who give you props and people who diss you, they're both imposters. Break that down. It, it, it's, it, it's all because... It, Either, both of them are uh, either feeding or attacking the ego. So it's not real. Keep going. 
we shouldn't have any sort of expectations or feelings about ourselves or about other people. The only way we get let down in life is because we have expectations on people that they don't even know that you have the expectations. It's all in your mind. You make an expectation about somebody, they don't even know about it. They do something you don't like, and now all of a sudden, you don't like them no more. And they don't know any of this exists. It's all in do, your mind. Do you, you think all that? Do you think communication can change that and fix that? Communication is important, but even communication still shouldn't allow you to to uh, have expectations of someone or 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 ever put someone on a pedestal. Um, you know, like you know, the minute you put someone on a pedestal and they do something that you don't agree with, now you know, now people just start going crazy. That's what they did to to Yay. You know, everyone loved him when he was saying George Bush don't care about black people or when he, you know, went up and stood up for Beyonce or whatever. But the minute that he want to say that he likes President Trump, now all of a sudden people hate him because you put him on a pedestal and you, you know, he's just a person like you. You know, he's not any better, you know, or any worse. And um, the minute that you have this idea of someone in your head and they do something that you don't like, you're almost like, how could you do that to me? And they don't even know you. They don't, they don't, you want them to live by, by a thought in your head of them. That is insanity. That is like, that would be like, you might as well just take the bridge now. People, people aren't brave enough to have their own independent opinions and, 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 and not judge, right? Only because they, only because they, um, they don't know themselves. So they're, they're believing in all these, they're believing in the imagination and the imagination is wicked. Nothing good comes from the imagination. It is wicked. And it tells you, it feeds your ego. So anyone who has anxiety or they, th or they say, oh, I'm shy, there's no such thing as any of that. No one is shy, no one has anxiety, no one's depressed, none of that exists. It's all your ego. Tie tie your ego, tie your ego to tie your ego to fear and anxiety for a second. Well, um, fear and anxiety is doesn't exist. It's it's only the only reason why you have fear and anxiety is because you have hatred in your heart. You have hatred, resentment, and anger. And that's what causes the fear and anxiety. Um, and it's very, very, it, it's, it's not natural for a man to have, like when, people, when men are like, oh, I'm depressed or I have a mental illness, there's no such thing. No such thing. All mental illness and all depression and anxiety, it's a spirit that made a home in you. And mostly from your mother. You took on your mother's identity. And now as a grown man, you know something is wrong because you're like, something's wrong. I'm, I know I'm not supposed to be this way. And you're not because you're a man and you have the identity of a woman. So it literally what? drives you crazy. And people, people rather commit suicide than sit with themselves and let that ego die or go and forgive so that they can find their identity. But what? But wouldn't you? Is is perception reality? Because a lot of what I'm hearing is like the way that you're perceiving things that you may have got from your mother. Like, is perception reality for you? 
No, it's not. It's not. I'm not saying it's for me. I'm saying any man who's walking around with anger or is emotional, they are their mother. No doubt about it. That's a fact. What would you have you ever have you ever had a debate with a woman about this? Absolutely. And, and give, give me the women's point of view on this. So step outside of your shell for a second and give me like give me give me a 30 second narrative of what a woman would say. Well, I mean, all women, all women, I mean, aren't a monolith. So I don't know. I've had, I've had, I've had, I've had conversations with women who, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've had. There's been all different kinds of conversations with women about it, and there's been different responses. You know, I think that obviously, depending on what a woman's relationship is with their father, and um, that has a lot to do with how they interact with men in their adult life so i mean that could be a whole different response than someone who you know you think about like jewish families or amish families where you know a woman goes straight from their father being raised by their father and going straight to their husband and they've never spent any time um really you know not having some sort of like guidance or leadership. So I, so I would, I, I would expect, and again, you shouldn't have any expectations, but I would expect probably a different response from that person, that woman from another woman. But, you know, I mean, I've had all types of different reactions from men and women, because most men that I talk to are women because I'm talking to their mother. I can see their mother in them when they're talking to me and when they get angry. And they start, they start defending, they're actually defending their mother. They think they're defending other women, but they're actually defending mama. They're like, why are you talking about mama like that? They don't even realize it though, but subconsciously that's what they're doing. Let me ask you this. What do you, what do you, what do you want out of life? Because I'm noticing a couple of different tracks for you. If I, I don't know you that well, like I've talked to you in the total of, I don't even know how long we've been on this thing. I've talked to you for maybe a total of, let's call it two hours of, in life, two, three hours in life. Um, I could see you, I could see you starting your own podcast. I could see you, I could see you getting into like the, I don't want to call it life coaching, but I could definitely see you getting into like, just being like a thought fucking shaker and changer and mover in that in that like in everything you've been talking about like architecting folks is you know humans brains and, and getting them to think about things from a different angle um obviously you love music and you love producing um how how are you surviving right now and what i'm like and you don't have to give me exactly what money you make and how much you make but where where does this all end for you? Where and I don't want to do the whole cheesy. Where do you see yourself in ten years? But like, what what is this? What are you trying to create? And where and where does this end up? Um. Well, um. I can't I can't tell you the future because I only stay in the present, and I I um because the future doesn't exist. But um, I will say presently, um, the main mission now and moving forward and really only mission is to return the children to the fathers. 
Keep going with that. Just guide, guide, guide people back to the Father. Oh, I don't know what just happened. Keep going. I just something just came through. Keep going. Yeah. Just um, just to be an example and guide people back to the Father. And you want to do that through strictly music? Like, like I'm what I guess I'm asking is. And maybe maybe this is my business part of my brand. And maybe you can coach me right now to not think of it so logically. But do you strictly see yourself packaging that message through music and through beat selections and through architecting and creating beats? Or do you see yourself getting into like, again, acting more, um, podcasting potentially, being a speaker? No, I think, you know, I think art, art should be art, you know, and I'm not like into like, you know, yeah. I'm not a big like, you know, like shout out to Logic, you know, as as my guy, but that suicide song he did, like I wanted to commit suicide every time that song played. Like, yo, oh shit, you just made it, yo. Yeah, cause like, man, yo, we not trying to, huh? Like we not trying, like, you know, I'm not with that. Like I'm not with like, you know, Art is art, bro. Like, you know, and I think it's a money grab sometimes when people are trying to like use causes like Macklemore using the gay thing to make like to win Grammys and stuff. Or now Lil Nas doing this stuff just to be like, like, it's cool. I'm not knocking away. But what I'm saying is I'm not going to I'm not here like, yo, my art is going to be like returning people to the father and like giving you all these these like bars that this I'm giving is, you right now. This nah, is your I'm not making art and like being like a super like christian like hey this nah like if i want to do art that's still whatever like you know i'm gonna do that but when i speak to people and have conversations like i'm having with you or when i'm just walking through life or i'm in an uber or whatever my mission is to return people back to the father you know what i mean that's because i don't look at myself there's no title like i don't live by titles titles are of the world so like people say oh you're an artist you're a producer you this i'm not none of them things you know what i mean um i'm just hassan right now and we talking about we just talking and through through my talk right now it's to return whoever's listening to this to the father and that's my daily life goal and god will protect his children so um that's that's what that's what I that's do. it i'm a i'm a we're gonna wrap it up like this i'm gonna rattle off a few random questions remember i tried to get you to look at the list and so essentially this podcast structure is twofold you just experienced the first element of it just like you said hassan isaac conversations right just lay back chill and just talk because and you and I did that on purpose. I want your fans because, you know, I'm going to ask you now directly. It would be an honor, brother. It'd be an honor for you to share this with. Obviously, via social media to your fans, share this with the dames, share this with whoever you want to share this with, because I think the things that you're talking about today needs to be heard by more than just you and I. And obviously, I'm going to share it on my traditional platform. But beyond that, though. I really honestly wanted this to be a moment where I got to know you when I heard from Hassan. I ne- I didn't want to talk about Dane for too long. I didn't want to talk about your music for too long. 
though we mentioned those things and those things are important, I really, really, really wanted it to be about you. And I think I want anyone that listens to this to understand you and frankly, understand my perspectives as well. So I got to, so the second part of this podcast, I'm just going to rattle off a few topics. I want you to just give me your first reaction that comes to mind. It can be a 30 minute rant. It can be a 10 second statement and we'll just move through these as fast as we can. And then I'll ask you one final question and I'll get you out of here. Amazing. All right. So, and I'm just going to read this statement off and I just want you to give me your first reaction. Using random people in your life as therapists. Is that a good option or is that negative? Using random people in your life as therapists. So you're in an Uber, you're at a store, you're at a you're at a party, you're at a cafe, you are just in life meeting new people and you vent to them, you unpack to them, you you get their perspectives on things. Is that a good idea? In in the in getting their perspectives on 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 specific issues and like vices that you have going on in, in your life. Yeah. Yeah, like a therapist, like you would a therapist, yep. No, terrible idea. Tell me why. Because they can't do nothing about it. Can they give you a different perspective that could be helpful? No. You want to add to that or you want to leave that where it is? I mean, I can try to think how to add to it, but... No, no, I don't want you to add. I want it to be just truly your most honest reaction. Yeah, they can't do nothing about it except judge you. Mental landmines. What's the first thing that comes to mind when I say that? I mean, it's a very cool combination of words. Is there anything else that means? Like, like, is there any meaning that that's connected to that? If if you were to, well, yeah, I would just say a mental landmine is a thought. All thoughts are mental landmines, and the minute you believe in one of them, you will explode. What's your definition of progress? Being in the present. Do you think you're progressing in life right now? Um, Based off of your definition? Yes, because this is what is in front of me at the moment. Facts. Wealth is community you keep. What are the first thoughts you have on that? What is that one? Wealth is the community you keep. Like, do I agree with it or? Yeah, just the first thing that comes to mind. When I say wealth is the community you keep, do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you have a first reaction? What are your What are your initial thoughts when I say that? What do you what do you mean by wealth? I think it's up for interpretation, but I think I can give you I can I can I can facilitate you a little bit. I think wealth can mean um wealth can mean um finances, wealth can mean knowledge, wealth can mean experiences, wealth can mean learning. Um so yeah, wealth is the community you keep. Is there anything that comes to mind? 
Not really. Didn't have to. Yeah, that's okay. Um, if you had to write a book on how to be an adult, what would the first few chapters be titled, and what would just be the summary of the first few chapters? Like, how would you how would you start the book out? Get a job. That'd be the first chapter. Get a fucking job. Yeah. And why is that? Um. Because, um, because like you said, there's nothing like being independent. There's nothing like um, taking accountability, responsibility, and um, and uh, it's it's important for our for our uh, it's good for a person's character, you know, and a, a person's um, self esteem. You know, I mean, nobody wants again, you know, to you know, I'm going to just touch on the Democrats. I'm, I'm not going to actually say nothing, but I'm going to just say, uh, you know, the Democrats kill people by destroying their self-esteem and their self-worth um, by trying to give stuff to people. And the worst thing you can do is give someone something because you will never be able to give them enough. Um, and it morally destroys people when, when they're given stuff. So you got to get a job. You got to work. You know, Jesus even said, you know, you know, if, you know, you don't eat unless you work, you know, so you gotta, you gotta work. And that's the beauty about, um, you know, just, uh, America is that we're able to, we're given the opportunity to not only work, but then one day employ other people and give other people work and, you know, that's what gives you true identity. That's what gives you true individuality when you are truly yourself and um, and then you can help in that way. So I, I think that, uh, yeah, get a job and forgive your parents. Once you, once you, once you, but once you forgive your parents, you'll do all the other stuff. The only reason why people don't do the other stuff is because they, they got anger and they have hate. So once you go forgive your parents, you won't have no more hate and anger. And then you'll go do the right stuff because you'll be able to see it. You won't be able to not see it anymore. And all we have to do is become aware. But when we're in that fallen area of not seeing, that's why we do everything wrong because we're not aware. We can't see. We're in the darkness. So once you forgive and your heart turns from stone to love, you're in the light. You can see everything. And the first thing you're going to see is get a job. I'm going to ask you the last two here. All humanity, all humanity and the problems they face stems from a man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. It's the first thing that comes to mind when I say that. I agree. Do you have to stand for something to have longevity in rap? Well, I don't know because I don't have longevity in rap, but I would say that in order to have longevity um, in life, you need to be able to stand for something, absolutely. Because if you don't stand for something, what's the saying? You'll fall for anything. But actually, 
the real saying is if you don't stand for something, you're already there. Yeah. I think that particular question, that topic was given to me and, and a couple of people gave me some examples. They talked about, they talked about like even like novice kind of dumb things like Wiz Khalifa and his and Snoop Dogg, for example, and their connection to weed. They talked about Jay-Z and Dame and their connection to independence. They talked about Kanye West and actually what what actually let me ask you this question. What do you think not what he stands for now, but what do you think Kanye stood if we're if we're if we're gonna say that that statement is true? Why did Kanye have such a long career? Because I can't pinpoint what I think he may have stood for for his first six albums that are just objectively classics. What well, do you think you he stood for? You, that? you don't know what Kanye stood for. I'm sure I'm probably being a, a dumbass right now trying to remember that. What What do you think he stood for doing those six first albums? Well, the reason why Kanye's had longevity. And why and what he stood for. I mean, it's it's the same, it's yeah, it's the same answer. What's Which that? Is Which is you think I want no, I'm not. I want to explain this long story, but I really don't want to explain it. So I'm trying to figure no, out I a way. You want to try to figure out a way, a quick way of saying it, but with the same impact of what that story would be. Um, What's the punchline of it? Well, I'll just say the story. So Jesus came riding into town on a donkey, and Palm Sunday. If you're familiar with Palm Sunday, when they were waving the palms and they were like, Jesus, you've come to, to destroy the Romans and the government. You have come, our savior, to overthrow and destroy the government. And Jesus started crying when he was on the donkey. And he looked at them and said, why would y'all think that I'm here to throw fire and brimstone? All I've ever done was heal. All I've ever done was love. All I've ever done was the opposite of destruction. And he cried because he realized the people that he came for didn't get it. They just didn't get it. They were so used to the old way of eye for an eye, two for a tooth, and the Old Testament of, oh, this bad person now is going to get overthrown by this person. And Jesus was trying to tell them, no, I'm not doing eye for an eye. I'm not doing tooth for tooth. I'm here to show love. And the reason why I say that is because in an era of hip hop music that was all about gangster violence and gangster rap and the height of 50 Cent, literally wearing a bulletproof vest on the album cover and shooting people and, you know, the height of gangster rap. Here comes somebody who all they did was talk about love. And he came at a time when 
it changed an entire generation of people who didn't identify with being a gangster or shooting people, or, you know, and thank God, because think about how many great rappers we've gotten since that, that we would have never got if it wasn't for Dame saying, yo, I think the kid in the pink polo has a point of view. And thank God he did, because now we have Drake and we have Facts. J. Cole, and we have Kendrick and we have, you know, whoever. You know what I mean? So he stood, he stood for bravery. He stood for authenticity. He he stood for individuality. He stood for, he stood for honesty. He stood for vulnerability. Um, what the fuck was I talking about, Hassan? How how the fuck did I not know that? But all those things you just said really are just love. Just it's all just love. It's all perfect love. Because perfect perfect love, perfect love. Perfect love is not an emotion or a feeling. It's a state of being. Human beings don't have love. That's going to be the name of the podcast episode, Perfect Love. Perfect love is what we get once we return to the Father. And once we have perfect love, all those things are your nature. Because you, your nature is love now. God is love. Your nature is love. But love's not a feeling. The problem is men get with women because they're looking for love. But women don't have love. So it never will work. On that note, I want to ask you one more question and then we're going to get you out of here. Because my fiance. What do you think about that? The fact that women don't have love? Yeah, what does your fiance think about that? Oh, shit. Um... All right, let's go down that road. You just mentioned her, so I thought she was listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, let's go down that road for 30 more seconds. When you say women don't have love, what's your definition? And then I can give you an answer to that. What do you mean by women? If they do, where do they get it from? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where they would get love from. I guess. I mean, God loved us, right, first. So I think maybe all humans have the ability to love because we were loved first. Have you ever met a woman that had love? That had love for me? No, just had love. What does having love look like? I'm just asking you. I would have to say I I don't know. Amazing. Right? What's what's the right answer? There's no right answer, but you'll 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 get you'll 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 know. Well, well, I'm hoping I'm hoping this is the beginning of a friendship, so maybe we can maybe we can chat offline about what what the hell you really mean, because I I am curious to understand what that. No, there's that, no right answer. There's no right answer. It's there's just, a perspective, though. Yeah. All right. Well, let me ask you. My no, perspective. My perspective is that men got to stop seeking love from women and they need to give love to the woman that men is shouldn't, men shouldn't be men shouldn't be asking stuff from women that is all the way true i because definitely women agree. women are natural receivers even whatever sexual you know whatever it's like they are receivers we are, shouldn't be 
asking stuff from women. It's just not natural. So we need to go get the love from God and we're supposed to give the love to the woman. But we got to stop going to women looking for something to fill us because it would never work because they don't have that. All right, last last two questions. The first is just a quick kind of announcement that I need from you. Are do you feel comfortable? Um, do you feel comfortable sending me any of your songs from your new album in an MP3 like format? Because I want to layer. I want to, and I, and I kind of need you to send it to me tonight because I'm going to edit this all and put this out quick. Can you send me anything that's one of your favorite songs or most impactful songs from the new album? in a raw mp3 mp3 uh, file so i can layer it in the beginning and the end of this yeah absolutely yeah i just send you the song that's that's out right now that we're promoting yeah so. just said yeah yeah just send me the raw if you can do that like as soon as we get off this you can send me that because i'm a i'm gonna edit this up and press this out and put this out tonight and then if you can please again share this on instagram share this to anyone you want to share this to it would be an honor i appreciate that um the last official question though um, when you hear legacy, lifestyle, and values, I'll give you the definition legacy for me. So I want you to like legacy. I'll just define it. Legacy, um, legacy for your kids, legacy for yourself when you're dead and gone, legacy for people knowing you for something when 10, 15, 20, 50 years from now, um, lifestyle. I think everyone has an ideal lifestyle that they picture in their mind when they think about money and cars or, or family and women and mental health. Like everyone has a certain ideal lifestyle and then values. I think everyone has the ability to readjust their value set um, to fit any sort of narrative of life they want to fit. Out of those three categories, what's most important to you right now? Is it cultivating a legacy is it creating an ideal lifestyle or is it readjusting your values you only can pick one and you have to tell me what's most important to you right now literally right now at 9 17 east coast standard time 8 7 6 15 your time or 6 17 well i don't care about a legacy at all um and lifestyle i don't think about at all um so i guess by default i guess the value one is the only one that i can sort of speak on and um i mean you could i mean a lot of what you said today is your value set and it seems is you seem to have very important perspectives about your value currently yeah, I mean, I just, you know, yeah, I think the values, you're right, values I've been speaking on through this whole thing, and the values is really only to um, hopefully, you know, as I overcome um, and I continue to overcome, just be an example for other people to, to hopefully uh, overcome and take on these values that are our original nature. So I I, I want to make it also clear that it's not like, well, this is my value system. These are just the values that you will do once you overcome your ego and you overcome our animal nature of, you know, being born um, of the of the woman. 
But once we're born of the father, um, our spirit changes and, and by default, your value system will just change. You'll just, you know, like I said about when you go and forgive, you know, you're automatically just gonna be like, um, you know, I need to go get a job. I need to go do it. You'll know exactly what's right and wrong once the anger is gone from you. The problem with anger is it distorts our clarity. We can't see when we're angry or emotional. That's why all emotions and feelings are wicked. I tell people all the time who are very like, you know, independent CEOs, moguls. I'm like, do you like being controlled? And they say, no, of course not. I say, then why do you believe in your feelings and your emotions? because they control you every day, consciously or subconsciously. So um, it's funny to me that people who think that they're very independent, um, uh, are so emotional because they're actually controlled the most. So yeah, so basically just, yeah, returning to that and overcoming anger and all those things, by default, your value system will just be right. Like once you are a true believer of God, it's impossible to be a Democrat. <laughs> That's a hey, we're gonna yeah, no, don't yeah, say yeah, once you once you once you return <laughs> to God and 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 don't, you'll just you'll just start doing the right thing. Don't say another thing. That statement you made at the very end was classic. Just don't nothing else to say. That was a mic drop. So listen, um, I appreciate you, brother. Um, I hope that we can continue this friendship. Do me a favor, brother, because I know you're busy and sometimes um, I don't hear from you. Send me that send me that file like immediately, brother, so I can get this pressed up. Um, I'm going to send you the I'm going to send you the link of the um, of the episode when it's fully done and edited and all that good stuff. And um, I appreciate you again. I appreciate you. Send me the file. I'm going to get it pressed up and uh, we'll see what people have to say once we drop this. Amazing, man. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you. We'll talk. As to projection, how we get it through. I feel like they ain't put the chain on me, years overdue. And I can feel it coming, it's been on my mind. This shit driving me crazy, I'm on the grind. They've been sleeping on the kid, a lullaby. Gemini, love you both sides, never say goodbye. Only time I miss when I think about Only time I miss when I think about